Next up, we've got Ashley, and he's going to be talking to us about community-based marketing. I love that he's coined this phrase, kind of CBM, um, and the new play in B2B, right? We hear a lot about communities in consumer sort of world, but actually, like, what is the, you know, CBB, CBM, God, that's really a mouthful to say, CBM playbook when it comes to B2B. Um, Ashley is the CEO at Guild. Uh, they're a private professional messaging app that is easy to as easy to use as whatsapp so ashley i'm gonna hand over to you to kick us off thanks so much for joining us thank you very much natasha um is that all coming through okay it is indeed good good, good. <clears throat> yes cbm you see i'm in um, digital and i'm in marketing so i have to invent new acronyms really um so yes, I'm actually I'm the founder and CEO of Guild, um, which Natasha kindly introduced, messaging app for professional uh, groups and communities. Turn off the notification sounds from Guild. Um, but also the founder of eConsultancy uh, way back in 1999, uh, which is for marketers learning about digital marketing and e-commerce. So I spent over 20 years really building um, specifically professional and B2B communities. Uh, you can link to me on LinkedIn there or even go crazy and link to me on, on Guild and share the, uh, the slides or the deck afterwards. So, yes, yeah, so I want to talk about uh, CBM, uh, which I'm pitching as the new play in B2B, a little bit about what it is, why now and where it fits in the marketing funnel and, and how to kind of make it work and a few examples. I was billed originally, I think, for half an hour, but I'm going to try and do this in 15 minutes. So excuse me if it's, uh, <laughs> if it's rushed. So you've probably, if you're in B2B, you know of ABM, which is account-based marketing, but uh, how about CBM in, in B2B? Um, we've uh, come up with this uh, definition that it's about bringing professionals together around a shared uh, practice or area of expertise uh, to create closer and more valuable relationships with prospects and customers. There's some community people say who um, really don't like uh, associating community with marketing because marketing is a dirty word. Uh, nasty sort of um, uh, snake oil salespeople or whatever. But I, I think if it's done well, it is possible to um, meet commercial objectives and do marketing, but still also have a great uh, community as well. So I'll talk a bit about you know, how to do that. Of course, communities are not new. Um, you can go to this URL if you want to see this, this chart we did, but a, a, a timeline of online communities going right back to the 1970s with various sort of group chat and messaging things way back when. And then you had all the sort of virtual worlds and obviously forums, web forums still kind of exist. Uh, and then the big um, sort of uh, platforms and, and actually social media and social networks relatively uh, newcomer to this game. Um, but it's still actually quite rare at the moment, I think, to see most of these are sort of consumer or they're peer to peer. But so using communities specifically for marketing and, and within B2B is actually is actually quite new, relatively rare. So why why CBM now? Well, partly there's this whole rise of not just the gig economy, but the passion economy, which, you know, Andreessen Horowitz various writes about and there's patrons, Substack, all sorts and, and doing really well. And this tends to be more likely to be professional. Um, and so it's professionals with some area of expertise, which they are monetizing as a micro business, really. But essentially, they are building small niche professional communities and turning that into some kind of uh, business. And then in the big businesses, they're all talking about digital, digital transformation, including in B2B. And 
this is often about obviously digital stuff, but as part of that uh, digital mindsets, the agile ways of working, it's sort of ecosystems, networks, and so uh, more fluid ways of working than they did in the past. So professional uh, communities of interest, both internally and with suppliers and customers and things are enormously uh, on the rise. Um, a lot of those obviously using things like Teams, Slack in, in sort of startups and, and various other more enterprise tech, I guess. But the idea of these professional communities, um, I think, is on the rise. Uh, impact of coronavirus, obviously, we, uh, I think, um, you know, given we're being forced to distance and alienate and all this stuff, there's a, there's a strong need, like a quite a human need for a sense of connection and belonging, not just in our personal lives, uh, you know, with family or local communities and things, but professionally actually as well. So there's again, community is making a bit of a comeback in, in, in the professional world, I think. And then finally, um, I into some sort of saturation and therefore waning of effectiveness in other marketing channels. And this is a quote from um, Thomas Tungas as, as a VC. But essentially, um, I know we've looked at some various uh, marketing tactics in the last sessions, content marketing, you know, podcasts was mentioned and things, but even something like podcasts, you know, that's a, it's a mass audio is a growing area. It sort of feels a bit like the early days of the internet where everyone now, you know, like when everyone's putting up a website and then they were surprised when no one came. Um, you know, podcast, to be honest, feels a little bit like that to me. But um, there's a billion and one podcasts in, in, in every, you know, and so it's, it might work, but you're going to kind of do it well and, you know, get in there early. And the reality is that in a lot of these things, it's just damn hard to get through to people. You know, emails, no one's reading or goes into spam. Um, you say web-based forums, LinkedIn groups, no one's really using anymore. So, you know, how are you actually going to cut through? How are you going to create an emotional connection that basically anyone actually gives a shit about what you're saying? And what I'm saying is if you can create, um, you know, a, a good community, that's a way to do that. Where does it sit in the, the sort of marketing or sales funnel? This is, you know, a fairly standard funnel we saw in earlier from Daryl. Um, the awareness uh, area, I think that's more things like LinkedIn, Twitter, uh, you know, social media, blogs, online PR, where you're trying to get in front of and be seen by your prospects or target segments. But I, so community-based marketing, I don't think really belongs at that level. Um, it's sort of a next level down when you, people are starting to get interested in you or consider what you have to offer and then on to sort of desire when they maybe, you know, wanting a demo, want to find out more. And this is where you can use community to help persuade these prospects that you are the people with the right solution or the right expertise, the right technology or whatever. Um, so you can turn what are kind of warmish leads um, into um, sales prospects and sort of move them down uh, the funnel towards uh, sale. But also, uh, and people maybe focus overly sometimes, I think, on customer acquisition. But once they become a customer, the whole kind of loyalty advocacy piece um, various tech businesses do have customer communities, but they tend to be very focused on uh, sort of sales and serv uh, service and support. So like um, uh, customer communities for a particular product, they don't think about them um, um, either at that uh, earlier stage as prospects or indeed, um, you know, ways you can super serve key accounts, for example, by creating kind of micro communities, might even be just within the same business. If it's a very large enterprise customer, quite dysfunctional even getting them together um, with some of your kind of experts and things I think it's a great opportunity to you know reduce churn increase retention increase yield and things like that and obviously if you can get that um, 
the loyalty and advocacy, actually it drives awareness again back at the top of the funnel. So some of the things I think to make this successful, um, <clears throat> your community needs a clear purpose might sound obvious, but it's amazing how many communities I get set up, people that go, like, here you go, here's your community, off you go, get on with it. Um, and people go, well, well, what's it for? Why should I do it? And you know, everyone's overloaded with information and, and invites the stuff as it is. So you've got to be clear about you know, why, what it's for and why someone should want to belong to it. Uh, small is good. So again, people I think um, obsess over big numbers because maybe it makes them look good. I mean, that's, you know, I, there's more of a reason for that in B2C, but in B2B, I think it's more about value and quality. It's not about volume and quantity. We should care about the, the, the value, you know, the, the, the value of the numbers, not, not just having big numbers. This, in fact, again, the link's there, but we uh, published this model. We have um, on our advisory board, Professor Robin Dunbar, who's famous for the Dunbar number, which is about 150, which is the maximum people you can really know. Um, so, you know, on, on this model down the left-hand end, just three to 15 tends to be your personal kind of inner networks. Uh, and then on the far right is more the kind of LinkedIn, Twitter. It's, it's more kind of PRE influencer type marketing. But we think the sweet spot for these communities uh, is probably in this 15 to one and a half thousand um, sort of territory. And it depends a bit on the use case, but a lot certainly on Guild of the, of the best communities we see are probably sometimes tens, more often hundreds, but they're not tens of thousands. And of, you know, sometimes I'm in you know, Slack communities or, or LinkedIn is particularly bad for this. And I join and there's 13,412 people. And I think, well, this isn't a community. This is basically a publishing content marketing platform. I don't really feel any sense of belonging and I'm certainly not going to get to know 13,000 other people. So I just encourage you to think that, you know, small isn't necessarily a bad thing, it can be a good thing, particularly in B2B. Uh, the role of the community leader, wouldn't underestimate that. Um, ideally someone who has, I think Anthony was talking about this earlier, but um, some domain authority and expertise, but also is, can, uh, there is a skill to community management. Curate, not dictate. So the best communities, and they feel like they own themselves. Like, so even if there's a brand hosting them, to the people in it, it's like theirs. It's not, it's not yours. And so your job isn't to just sort of tell people stuff. It's to try and get them to contribute. Yes, you have to stimulate discussions, but they kind of take some ownership, really. Choosing the right technology platform. I mean, actually, uh, I think that a good community manager or leader can make a great community using an email list. And actually, the technology isn't the most important thing in the end. However, uh, and we would say this as we're a technology platform ourselves, there are you know, choices that you need to make. And so if you are, you know, got a newsletter that you want to monetize, then maybe Substack's good. If um, you're a more artistic, creative professional, then probably Patreon's good. Uh, if you're um, you know, B2B professional expertise, then obviously you should choose Guild. Um, uh, trust, uh, you know, uh, hard to claim, easy, uh, takes a while to earn, uh, you know, quick to lose, all those sorts of things. Um, you know, speaking with authenticity and, and transparency and credibility within your community. If you can build trust, if you can create a safe space and a safe environment, and this is all Maslow's hierarchy of needs type thing, uh, that's enormously valuable um, that people trust what you're saying. They're much more likely to buy off you, among other things. Consistency. So we give sort of guidelines, people often say, well, how long, how much time does it take and resource? You know, we're talking earlier about how much time it takes to create content and who should do that. Community management, I think, is we often say, you know, if any one group takes 10 to 15 minutes a day uh, to manage it. So it's not a lot, but you need to you need to do it consistently. You can't just sort of do nothing for a month or two weeks and then do a sort of splurge of stuff. 
uh, persistency, so keeping at it. Again, some people think, well, we set up our community a week ago and nothing's happened and it's failed, or even a month. These things sometimes take time. These are, these are groups, social groups, they're like to tribes, you know, building that trust, building that respect, building the quality and all those sorts of things. You need to stick at it. And um, so you can't really just do it as a sort of one-off project. Core, not peripheral. Again, I, you know, see people having community as some sort of initiative or project. I think if you don't feel it, and particularly if the sort of leaders of a business don't see the sort of strategic value and commercial value in it, it's probably not going to succeed if it's sort of just devolved as a project to, to more junior people. And then finally, you know, I think community building is an undervalued skill. I'm surprised sometimes, you know, you'd think that editorial people would make great community managers or leaders. Sometimes they do, but often they don't actually. They love creating content. They've got no interest in managing kind of people and all the social aspects of that. Sales and marketing people you think would be good at it. Some are, some aren't. Same as some business leaders. So it's an interesting mix of a sort of commercial marketing salesy type but with also editorial writing communicating skills but also this sort of social psychological you know bringing convening people getting them to uh, feel safe and, and being happy to contribute um, and historically um, it's it's not you know budgeted for it's not you know not a lot of money is spent on this um, that may stay this way but uh, obviously I'm interested or hope to see that it'll change and it will be valued more and, and paid for more we kind of touched on all this sort of the business cases for uh, uh, community-based marketing, but obviously if you've got a recurring revenue business like SaaS, but increasingly B2B media, um, professional membership organizations, all sorts are moving towards recurring revenue, then you want to improve retention and reduce churn. Community can certainly do that. Um, if you're a professional services or anyone selling expertise, then thought leadership is very common. We have white papers and webinars and eBooks and things, but community is a great way to um, sort of nurture inbound sales. Uh, less often you see this, but you know, say super serving key accounts with real concierge style um, uh, service through kind of micro communities, um, which could include you, some other suppliers and a customer, I think uh, not done as much as it should be. And then finally, market or customer insights. So if you can be in a community where you have your customers or prospects talking about uh, their pain points or asking questions, you get this amazing insight into, and even the language that they use is really important. So it's a sort of customer listening insight thing, um, which normally you have to pay a load of money to get. Um, and it's, it's a sort of not a forced experiment. You can kind of literally listen in on them. And that informs not just your product and service development and roadmap, but the language you use in your marketing, or at least it should do, um, because that's kind of the way that your prospects or your market are talking about it. Just then to finish off a few examples for smaller businesses. So, you know, just to make the point, this is for any scale of business, I think. So Guild, we're relatively early uh, stage business. We actually didn't set this up to, to try and sell, but it's worked surprisingly well. But um, uh, and uh, about seven months ago, we set up a group for event organizers who are having to pivot towards uh, digital or hybrid events because of coronavirus uh, called CREO, which is Corona Response for Event Organizers, has about 700 members in it now, event organizers all around the world. It's super engaged community. And we've actually ended up winning a whole load of customers off the back of it because they go, oh, look, this guild thing is actually great. I can, I can see how it works. And we've got, you know, having to do virtual events, we need a way to engage our community year round. We want a way to continue the conversations, continue the networking, and this is perfect for it. And so, or slightly by accident, as I say, as a, as a marketing thing, where we are, use, our prospects are the members of this community, it's worked incredibly well. 
a similar thing for um i belong to this thing actually a community it's called community club which is a, a sort of a community for community builders um and that has over a thousand members about 1200 now but it's actually run by a technology business called Consor. And so they actually sell their technology solutions to the community builders, but they do a great job of creating this uh, environment. They're not salesy or anything like that. But, you know, I've had conversations with them as a result of belonging to the community as a prospective customer of theirs. So it's, it's working well to drive their awareness, but also leads. And then if you look to uh, bigger businesses, um, Adobe obviously has run um, communities for a long time. Uh, Cooper is an interesting one. Um, it's a sort of business spend management uh, um, uh, technology business, uh, very large. And interestingly, their CEO, um, uh, Rob um, Bernstein, he's just published a book um, about how communities are shaping the next revolution in business. And they do some really smart stuff uh, uh, with communities. And uh, then sort of uh, finally, and hopefully this is, a, I think, a good segue to our final speaker, but another company that does this really well uh, is Drift. And um, so they have uh, communities where, yes, they talk about Drift, the product, but they also talk more generally about sales and marketing kind of challenges. So it's a place you can go to, to learn, but by being there, you know, obviously you're kind of immersed in the, in the Drift world, the Drift experience, and can find out about the Drift product. Um, I had, don't know if there's a case study, maybe we can hear next, but I'd be fascinated to know how well this works as a, a form of uh, sales and marketing. And then just my, this is my last slide, just some resources in case of use. Um, that URL there, um, we are publishing a series of uh, articles and research around community-based marketing. There are three there. There's two more to come shortly if you are interested in this. If you want the deck, you can email me. We also actually run a... Um, community for SaaS marketing leaders, the URLs there, you can go and find out more and even join it um, if you want. Um, and that is it. Ashley, thank you hey. so much. I mean, that was the most perfect segue as well uh, for our, our next speaker. Maybe we should get you um, to do your talk before everyone that we introduce in future. So, <laughs> awesome. I'm going to just really quickly uh, just throw one question, which was uh, from Dechan. Uh, he was asking about, um, you know, practically what content do you push to actually keep your communities engaged? It's all very well having a community, but, you know, what content are you feeding them? What's the sort of regularity uh, with which you're sort of pushing stuff their way as well? Is there any best practice tips there? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously to some degree it depends, but we, where we just did some analysis across our platform and it turned out that two to three um, items posted by the host of the community per week appeared to be the Goldilocks amount, much more than that. And people start to get overwhelmed to less than that. And it felt like a bit, um, you know, not much enough was happening. So, but that's not a huge amount really. And that doesn't, when we say content, a lot of that is asking a question, it's sharing a link from a news item. It's posting a link to an, a you know, virtual event. So it's not like a, um, this is specifically Guild, I should say. It's not, um, that's which is a messaging platform. So messaging like, you know, a telegram or WhatsApp or signal or something it doesn't tend to be long form uh, content. It's not like a blogging platform. So, um, so yes, I think um, web forums, you know, tend to be slightly longer form, pure messaging apps, are slightly shorter form. So, and there I'd say it's, it's more peer Q and A and sharing of stuff rather than, uh, you know, content in, in a slightly longer form. Awesome. Thank you so much. 